Hello everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of Mind Up with MIC. Today I Kiran and Sharthak will be hosting this episode. Our guest today is Kunveen Ghuman. We have been wanting to have someone of high profile on the show for some time and it's a real treat for us to have her here today. She is currently working as strategy consultant in Bain and Company from the last 4 years. She also has experience of working as marketing and product management consultant in some of the top consultant firms across US, India and Southeast Asia. Hello, how are you today? Hi, I'm good, Kiran. Um thanks for the very flattering introduction. So, I'm going to jump right into the first question we have. And so we have heard many people say that a job in consulting, you know, broadens your horizons and makes it pretty easy. for you to take up a job in some other profile also so to what extent do you think that it is true like since you have experience of working in the top consultant firms so like how much do you agree to this um i think a job in consulting does broaden your horizons for sure and that's purely driven by the fact that every few months or in some cases every few weeks the company and the industry you're studying changes and that just gets you like it makes you more adaptable and that is probably what helps in making you go to other careers and equip you to like just like get up to speed fast and be able like you know not be too daunted by a question have the ability to break down that question and figure out how to get to the answer that is the biggest skill that you get from consulting and that is what that is transferable across jobs but having said that mm-hmm. there's a lot of other careers where the same could happen like there's other critical skills you're picking up that will be transferable across careers mm-hmm. okay so do you have separate departments that tackle problems for a particular domain like do you have separate consultants for strategy marketing and so on or do you have a general consultant so this varies by firm um bain tends to follow a generalist model where for the first few years you are a generalist and only beyond a manager level do you start aligning and then also you usually align to industry not practice so example you will align to consumer products you won't align to marketing but there is a lot of like resources that you can leverage across other firms for example bcg has a specific digital ventures which is only focused on digital so that really varies by company what model they choose to follow okay and so like are you able to go into the deep details of the question that you get since you told that you are like constantly changing the field so are you able to grasp the whole thing properly So again it depends on how long the case is i've been on cases which are 9 months and i've been on cases which are like 2 weeks and of course the level of depth you can get to really varies but uh, and that's where the skill set of consultant comes in just being able to like target what are the key questions that the client needs answered because the client will always know more about their own business than you will so you don't need to get down and understand everything you just need to understand what is important for you to answer the question and then get to the right answer Mhm absolutely so what is the like procedure you follow when you consult the company like is there any set structure that the consultants follow or is it like anything else if we could just brief on that i mean there's no set structure but broadly the process is you'll kick off your case team uh you know you'll have a set of questions that the uh client has already given let for 
an example sake, let's say that you're evaluating a company and you need to look at how's the market going, what is their competitive positioning, and what do customers think about the companies? Like three very basic things. So what will generally happen is you'll split these three out into three different work streams within the team, and one or two people will take those up. And then you do like daily or every other day check-ins with your manager about once a week or two weeks. Again, depending on timelines, you check in with partners. You'll probably have your final update on the calendar or broad sense on when it's happening so you can work backwards. But all of this varies based on what the question is, what the timeline is, what the client really wants. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So hearing to this, like, can you throw some light on some more essential qualities? Like for to have to become a good consultant, both academic and non-academic? Um, I think from a non-academic point of view, the biggest one is general, ju just like comfort with ambiguity because you have to be able to like go in and start completely fresh on an industry you've never heard of before. And that can be very daunting. So that's the first one. The second one is just being able to break down a problem and this is actually a learned skill and that's why most consulting companies also do the case method for interviews because that just shows how are you breaking down a problem to get to the answer so those i think are the two most important ones and there's all like work ethic hard work always comes in like doesn't matter whether you're doing consulting or not okay also could you share your experience of being in top b school and also CPS, like all of the overall experience you had, like what all you learned and how was it? Sure. I mean, it was very different. So CBS was undergrad, right? Like straight out of school, no work experience. CBS, I think for me, was very important in like me trying to figure out what my interests are. What do I want to do? I was super involved in the placement cell, site now in actors and Blitz, which is the dance society. And those things really helped me. Like I think those extracurriculars helped much more than academics and uh you mm -hmm. know getting into like bain was through cbs placement cell and then i just like stuck with bain and i did four years with bain before i went to b school now b school was much more different because of course it was global um i was in the us i hadn't lived outside of india or outside of home before so there was a lot of like personal learning happening in terms of like how to do laundry how to cook your own food but also just the people that I was, I was interacting with were so different from the people that like I've been used to interacting with. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot more of like broadening of horizons in that sense. Um, mm -hmm. Academically, of course, this time when I went to B school, there was a lot of work experience that I could like pull out and put into context, which made the learning stay a little more. I will say like, I don't think it's like the hardcore learnings that stay and that's the one difference I saw like for exams and all you were allowed to bring cheat sheets or do open book because you don't need to learn formulae and stuff like that like there's no situation in the world where you won't be able to google how to calculate the IRR so it was a lot more focused on like what do you need to like you need to know what tools are out there and then there's a lot of like intangible skills like negotiations and influence which we typically don't do in Delhi University but they are like going to help throughout the career, right? You will be in a situation like five years later and you'll be like, oh, my negotiations professor said this. I should try that. Right. And like, when did you thought of doing MBA from the Wharton School? Like, was it predetermined or it was just because of CVS? It was more of a Bain-driven thing where, you know, a lot of my managers had gone to 
top B schools in the world. And they're the ones who encouraged me to think about it and go to B school. It does help that Bain like part sponsored my MBA. So the cost angle was kind of mitigated a little. And like currently when you're working as a consultant, like is it a nine to five job or is it an endless tax? Oh my God. Okay. It's not an endless task. I would really not want to say that, but it's definitely not nine to five. Um, so for example, right now my team starts at about nine and we try to do a hard stop at eight where, you know, let's take stock of where we're at at seven and see, can we wrap up by eight? There are obviously nights that go much longer, but there are also some days which end earlier, but nine to five that kind of switch off doesn't happen because like you know when the update is you know how much work needs to be done to get there and i don't think that work actually fits into a typical nine to five situation okay okay and also like being a part of management college myself and a lot of other students are allowed by consulting as a career so if you could just throw like give us some tips regarding how to kickstart this career um, I think what is really helpful is to work with like businesses and companies when you're in college or like, for example, what helped me a lot was um, my work with Inactives because we were helping create social enterprises and every day there was like some different question and like some problem come up, comes up and you have to think of a solution. So that just gets you in the kind of problem solving mindset, trying to seek out those opportunities. Um, I know now there's a lot of case study competitions, which could definitely help because the interview process is 100% case based. Okay, sure. Like there are very, so many competitions going on every now and then. So yeah, it's great to participate in them. I have also participated in some of them. And I did a bunch of these like BU one day fests where it was like some of them were like finance competitions. Some of them were maybe case based. The only the other thing that that adds to you is like it, it broadens your network within DU. Like you get to know a lot more people. You get to do things outside of the classroom. And that also helps in that adaptability that I spoke about earlier, which you need to be a good consultant. Mm hmm. And like, how is your experience in this consultancy industry? Like, how do you think about this industry? What is What are your opinions about it? So I like consulting. That's why I've stuck around for so long. Um, I did four years before B-School and I came back after B-School. I think it's interesting, right? Because a lot of people question the value proposition of consultants asking why can't this just be done in-house because like I said they know more about their company than we ever will but the biggest thing that consultants external consultants bring to the table I think and that's why companies continue to hire them is that outsider perspective the ability to zoom out and not be focused not be like tied to something that you already know about the company and that to me is very interesting to be able to come in, give an external perspective and still be able to somehow add value. I think that's a very challenging and very interesting task. And that's why I like consulting. That's great. So that was really, really insightful. And let's suppose if you had the option to go back in time and set one thing right to make your career even better, what would be it? I mean, I would like to hope I haven't made any catastrophic mistakes that I need to set right. But um, I think what I would do is something like this, right? I would do a lot more research before I got in. I wasn't 100% sure what consulting was when I got into it. It was more of just like, 
okay, Bain comes to CBS on day zero. These are the kind of questions they ask. Let's get in and then let's figure out what Bain does. So I would have 100% been a little more intentional about why I'm choosing consulting, spoken to people, listened to podcasts, done my research around what it is, and then been a more intentional in my career with respect to what are the industries I want to think about, what are like some of the practices that I want to try out. Of course, you don't always 100% get control over what you're doing, but to kind of chart out what interests I have and how I like to align them with my career, that's something I would have done earlier. Mm -hmm. Right. I had a couple of questions. So uh, if a person needs to follow up his consulting dream and considering he does not get into Bain or any of the top consulting firms, so what would be the procedures that he would have to follow? What would be something that, you know, he'll have to look into? From a point of view, if you don't get it in the beginning, there's many ways to break into consulting. Um, There's almost always lateral hiring happens happening in these companies, which means that if you've had a little bit of work experience, and that could be like six months, they will recruit you in and it's the same interview process that you follow. It's just you have to be a little more in touch and aware when it's happening. Sometimes they post it on LinkedIn. A lot of times they just circulate something internally within employees when they have openings. Um, and then so lateral hiring continues to happen. Like it's never it doesn't really stop. It may have stopped during like the first few months of COVID, but I'm pretty sure they'll pick that up soon. Um, the other way to like one short short well not short short sorry I shouldn't say short short but one good way to go back into consulting is b-school and a lot of people come to b-school to get into consulting because again there are b-schools who are feeder schools for consulting companies and think of any top school I would say like 15 to 20 percent of their class exits into consulting so you know that's an, a second chance that you get at recruiting for consulting you can leverage your learnings from your previous recruiting experience as well as whatever work experience you've gathered but otherwise also just keep in touch if there's a particular firm you're interested in or you're just generally interested in the companies like track those companies follow them on linkedin talk to their employees like you know the, the benefit of the cbs network is you basically have someone in pretty much every consulting firm out there so just you know, keep track being like, hey, are there any openings? And sometimes there are, sometimes there aren't. But if you just keep asking, you'll find openings. Right, right. And also you were mentioning something about uh, having extracurriculars, doing a lot of that in your college life. So, I mean, how uh, relevant and how important do they become when you actually apply for these companies or when you actually apply for business schools? I mean, I one, I would just like to say Bain doesn't hire only on basis of academics. Like, that's absolutely untrue. As someone who's screened CVs at Bain, I know we don't do that. Um, for From a Bain point of view, it's important to have good academic standing, but it's also very important to have parts of your personality that you've developed. So they definitely look at both. And same with B-School applications. Like, Having extracurriculars isn't mandatory for any job or any B-school application. But like you said, it helps you build your personality. It equips you. It gives you more experience. It equips you to handle situations better. If you've only ever done like the studying and like giving exams, you're not 100% prepared to be able to do everything that the job demands. And I'm not saying that you absolutely can't do it. Nobody is 100% prepared. Even if you've done all the extracurriculars in the world, you're not 100% prepared to do what the job demands. But you just bring a little more diversity into your experience. Of course, it's learned skills and you can learn them on the job. You can learn them before. 
I think extracurriculars are important because they help you add to your rep- repertoire of what you can do, how you can do it, the kind of people you speak to. And I think that's really important in building like an all-rounded personality. There's nothing wrong with making academics your primary focus, like 100% do it if that's what you want to do. But I'm sure some you would have some other interests and they don't have to be in the form of like societies or clubs in college. Like it doesn't have to be extracurricular based on what is in the institutions you're in. It could be something you're doing outside. Like, I don't know, maybe you like calligraphy. So you do that in your free time. Like that's also a skill you're learning and you're adding to what you can do. Right, right. And also, um, as a consultant, what are the growth prospects and growth opportunities in this field? Yeah. So, so consulting, generally, you start off in like as an individual contributor. So you'll be part of a work stream and you'll probably have a consultant supervising you. And then you start owning the work stream. So you're supervising one person. Then you become the team manager. So you're supervising four or five people. And then you start becoming principal, partner. So this is the trajectory generally. And as you get into like the partner role, you start, you do a lot more selling where you're selling cases and you're not so much involved in like the day-to-day work. You you know what the team is doing. The team gives you updates, but you're not actually getting into PNL statements and figuring out what's going on. So that's how the role within consulting evolves. The, the other reason why a lot of people really like to do consulting is because exit opportunities are very attractive. You're usually working with and presenting to CXOs very early on in your career. And that gives you a huge exposure that you don't typically get in some other career paths. As a result, a lot of times your clients will like to hire you. Or when you go for interviews, you can be like, you know, I've already presented to boards of companies similar to yours. So I know how to work with top management. Or, you know, private equity tends to be like a very um, private equity venture capital investing tend to be like, exit paths that a lot of people use because you do a lot of private equity or the skill set is similar and you work with those clients so you build those relationships that i think is definitely one thing that makes consulting attractive is that one there's like a set path for you to progress and continue to grow but if you want if you were like okay i don't want to do consulting anymore there's always exit opportunities all right all right understood and um you know, with the onset of these programming languages and data analytics, uh, Python, C++, so how relevant has it become to understand and actually apply all of these languages uh, when you're consulting, when you're uh, solving a case? Um, So far, I haven't felt the need to, but what Bain did while I was in B-School is Bain set up separate teams. So we have an advanced analytics group. We have like a digital group and they're like experts in those fields. So when needed, they come in and plug into our team. They're part of the team. They help with drive the answer. So those are not skills that I have. I did do like one coding class in B-School, but that was just purely out of interest to understand what's going on. But I don't, so far... I don't think, at least in my experience, consulting has evolved where you need a lot of these languages and coding to get it. But going forward, I think knowing, for even knowing another language like Spanish or something generally helps in just making you more multifaceted as a person. But knowing these languages and how important they're getting, like knowing it will always be a plus. In the future, I definitely see situations where you'll need it in your consulting role. 
um hopefully by then i would have moved to a management stage and i don't need to learn a programming language at that point but we'll find out right you know you work with bain in india and you work with bain in california so um, how is it different working in both of these countries is there difference in culture and difference in how things function so bain ha- has a very strong culture and bain really prides itself on it for good reason so the bain culture across is very similar the hierarchy in terms of actual positions is also very similar but being in india you tend hierarchy tends to have more weight power distance reduces and that's generally like india has higher power distance than us that's like some studies they've done and all of that but the bain culture has been very similar and for me that's been a huge plus because i restarted working after b school during covid so everything was remote and having already worked in bain and been so familiar with the culture really helps me plug right back in while a lot of my peers who started completely remote and haven't worked at bain before are still trying to figure out what the company culture is like because it's harder to do when it's virtual could you also give some closing remarks for the listeners it's really great what you guys are doing right you're helping students understand what are the different industries that exist i know kiran sent me the link to the podcast so i've seen you've covered a bunch of industries and that's helpful because i know that there is an order in which these companies come to campus with you can choose what you want and that goes back to me being more intentional when i was say in your place just have these conversations figure out whether you're actually interested in the role you're applying for um i know it's hard to be a little picky at that stage where you're like i just need a job but you will get a job people who came from india tend to t- take lesser risks and you know do very standard jobs or do like change jobs after 2 years then stick around for 2 years which is like something which is like in our head that we should do i've seen people who came to b school and they like already worked with like 7 to 10 companies in the 5 6 years that they were working before so that average is at less than a year per job but like it's so you, you should always be open to new opportunities and keep exploring them even once you've been placed like yes honor the contract that you've signed but if you find something that's more exciting even the company that you've signed the contract will will understand that you found an opportunity that's more suited for you and they'll be okay with it yep it was great talking to you and I guess we have covered a lot on the topic for the listeners also. So thanks again for taking the time. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me.